Will Adam Thielen be worth the wait on Monday Night Football? Is Ryan Griffin a sneaky start at the tight end position? And what young wideout in the NFC West can deliver FFPC league titles this weekend? Plus, the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship regular season 8th place winner Eric Sisson drops by to talk about the depth of the receiver position, Steelers pass catchers, and much more. Hey, we've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you've got what it takes, because I'm and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Happy Thanksgiving, Rob. Thank you. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Dave, how was your Thanksgiving? Good? Yeah, it was great. How was yours? Good. How was the lasagna? I didn't have any of the lasagna. Oh, okay. It was offered and available. So. Yeah. Too, you know too carby or what? Yeah, let me, I'll tell you a little quick story. Sure. So we went... Instead of we actually instead of having the ham like I had talked about previously, we actually did get a turkey. But we went to this festival of foods where they pre-cook. It's a fully cooked turkey. Oh, really? Okay. And we were just gonna have six people: um, um, my wife, family, and actually five people, and my grandmother, mother-in-law. And so we got the ten to twelve-pound turkey pre-cooked, and we didn't and we cut it up. You know, we right. it. Yeah. We didn't think there was enough, so we went back to festival of foods and we got four already made fried chicken breasts. Nice. We brought those out. And then we didn't we didn't eat three of those, and there was still turkey left over. So we had way too much food. Yeah, too so. much protein. Can I tell you something I did for the first time? My, sure. my, uh, this is my – I don't even know if it's my 30 – I, I can't keep this – because I don't know if I was born before Thanksgiving or after it. Whatever Thanksgiving it is. It, 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 it moves. Your birthday right. stays the same. Right. So I don't know if I was born before – like what year or what day Thanksgiving was right. the year I was born. Uh, <laughs> for the first time in my life, I put cranberry sauce on my turkey. Oh. I had never done it before, that pretty good, ever, and it was delicious. Had, yeah. yeah, it was. It's it made it like uh, almost candied, like mm-hmm. a candied turkey. Sure. You know, you need to candy up those trash meats. Yes, it is a trash meat. Yeah, so it was it was really good. It was it was fun. Uh, I had a great time with family, and now we get to do the show tonight. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, we're going to tell you what we think of Muhammad Sanu and fantasy lineups for this weekend. Some interesting off-season buy lows in dynasty, and then Eric Sisson, the eighth-place team in the 2019 FPC, is going to hop on and uh, help you try to win league titles in the FFPC and the Football Guys Players Championship 
this weekend. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can post any questions you might have in there at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where to reach us on Twitter. You can follow and reach Eric on Twitter at Mr. Pink Stripes. That's MR Pink Stripes. Uh, Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour is where we're located. 347 426 3682. That's 347 Game Over if you want to give us a call tonight. High Stakes Fantasy Football at gmail.com is where you can reach us at the inbox. Uh, my best friend and audio engineer, Bryce, our mutual friend and producer, Rob, are monitoring that email box. They're going to get to us, uh, get all those questions to us coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later, later on in the show, Dave. So it's Mr. MR, MR, uh-huh. Pink Stripes, at MR Pink Stripes, Eric Sisson. All right. Eighth place in the Football Guys Players Championship oh, I found it. coming into. I, uh, I could have looked at. Oh, I'm already following. I forget it. Now, there you go. Uh, I could interrupt the show. Well, I'm going to interrupt the show right now and let everybody know that the FFPC Playoff Challenge is live, myffpc.com. Grand prize this year, 500000 a $1.12 million prize pool. It's a $200 entry paying all, all the way down to 700th place. Uh, you can sign up uh, for that there. Also, for the first ever time, uh, we're having the inaugural Football Guys Playoff Challenge. That's a $100,000 grand prize, a $300,000 prize pool, just a $35 entry on that one. I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but there's going to be an import function. It probably already is an import function. People just ha- aren't using it yet because we don't know who the, who's in the playoffs, right, Not Dave? Yeah, but uh, it's going to be ready. And it will be ready in time. Probably. Probably. All right. <laughs> this is, this is, sounds good. Um, so check both those contests out at myffpc.com. Uh, this week we had a Thanksgiving uh, Day episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown featuring Josh Siegel, who is at sales recu- uh, excuse me at sales recruiter underscore former guest of this show. We got into a lot of stuff there about uh, managing your playoff roster, trying to win uh, fantasy championships. He had a lot of interesting stuff to say about uh, the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans uh, pass catchers there. So check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast, Apple Podcasts, and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Freddie Kitchens, the embattled coach of the Cleveland Browns, says that he doesn't know if David Njoku is going to be playing Sunday. Uh, he was on IR for a good portion of the season, like 10 weeks of the season, whatever it was. Nate Ulrich on Twitter had the report. Uh, Njoku is going up against a Steelers defense that's number 23 in fewest point per, points per game uh, allowed to opposing tight ends. And then after that, he's got the Bengals, the Cardinals, and the Ravens. Demetrius Harris, who has been playing in his stead, has not hit 35 receiving yards in a game this season, and obviously he is no longer fantasy. Well, it's not fantasy relevant now, but if Njoku is back this Sunday, David, we find out he's activated, you're playing in a tight end premium contest like the Football Guys Players Championship, like the FFPC main event. Does David Njoku sneak in as a second flex three this weekend, his first uh, game back, or is this a wait-and-see type guy for you? Uh, definitely wait-and-see at best. He's He's a, you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane player. He sucks. I'm, I'm so sick of David Njoku. Hasn't been on the field all year. I'm definitely not putting him in there. You know, he wasn't even crushing it, you know, last year or anything like right. that. So no way, no how, forget it. A couple of things I want to unpack here. Number one, for the last few uh, high stakes lowdowns, and even including on this show, I'll, we always ask our guests who's one player that you should be adding off the waiver wire, who's, who's a player that you should be looking at that not a lot of players are. And several times the name David Njoku came up. And I think that's a combination of things. One, he got dropped in a lot of leagues early. And two, Dave, the waiver wire has been barren this year. It has not been a good waiver wire year at all. And I think the fact that we're talking about adding players here before the waiver wire closes completely, which it has now, right, as of a couple of minutes ago? 
Well, not entirely for all leagues. I mean, dynasty. Well, for, yes, yeah. For, dynasty and classic leagues, are, it's still so open. So, I, I guess I'm mostly talking to main event and football guys. Is, so, yeah, main and main event football guys is closed. That's mainly who I was talking, speaking to yeah, here. Classic playoff teams in the classic. Okay, closed. there you go. So, but so, I mean, there's a lot of those leagues. So, right, we're not all main events and football. No, guys I know. I get. It. I just I tend to concentrate on that a lot, and that's probably I, I need some. I, I'll I'll work on that. <laughs> but um, but it's been a, ba- a barren waiver wire this year, and if, if Njoku's out there, Dave, what, what higher upside guy are you seeing there? Now, he probably won't play up to that upside, but he does have that high, high ceiling. Yeah, he's, he's worth picking up, but I definitely would not look to start him until he has at least one. Until he shows something. Yeah. He's got to show something, says the Dizzle. Uh, Adam Thielen showed us quite a bit until he got hurt, and uh, he's been dealing with this hamstring injury. He practiced today, according to Courtney Cronin on Twitter, who I believe is the ESPN.com Vikings beat writer. Uh, Minnesota had their bye week last week, so Thielen got that extra week of rest, and it looks like he is going to be good to go this week. He started 87 straight games, and then he uh, missed three out of the last four games after he uh, actually re-aggravated that hamstring injury. So even in the game he played, he did not play very much. So my question to you is this, Dave. Adam Thielen, we all know how talented is. We know what kind of numbers he puts up when he's healthy. Are you willing to roll the dice this, on him this week, given that he is playing on Monday night? Uh, no, I'm not. And, I, and uh, actually, Waskai said fuller limited today, and I thought I saw limited, actually. And, and there's another thing that they're feeling. He said he's not sure if he's playing Monday night. Now, they will have a practice tomorrow, so if he has a full practice on Saturday, then you could maybe look at him. But, again, you know, he came back from the hamstring injury, re-injured himself. Too quick. He came back yeah, too so, quick. I just don't want to get – Fooled again, as George Bush said once. So I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna do it. He said his hamstring is quote getting there, Dave. After a bye week, getting there. That that sounds terrible. Yeah, you that's be, no you good. Got to be there already, buddy. Vikings did not practice yesterday. They had to list a practice estimation, and he was listed as limited in that. So my uh, guess is he probably was limited again today. I haven't seen anything about well, a full practice. The one good thing that I saw also though was Josh Doxson got cut, which that, that's actually a generally a good right. sign. But I don't know. Maybe, well, they're, maybe they're playing possum a little bit. Maybe he's totally back. That's why they cut Doxson. Mike Zimmer doesn't strike me as a possum-type guy, though. <laughs> Pete Carroll, who that, they're playing against, well, he's a possum-type guy. Yeah, right. Pete Carroll. He's the guy who's chomping his gums, Mr. Smiley Face. Well, Mr. Smiley Face, Mr. He'd Positive. Pair, he'd get a pair of aces dealt to him, and he'd start chomping well, his gum heavy, and he'd be yeah. all smiling. All well, smiling like a schoolgirl. Right. Okay, so that is true. But he's also <laughs> the type of guy where, you know, let's say Russell Wilson has a broken leg, and and uh, Carol's like, oh, we're just resting him today. You know, mm-hmm. we, we fully expect he'll be out there on Monday, yeah. and then he doesn't He's play good. the rest of the season. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah something right. like that. But I think you're right. With Adam Thielen, probably not worth the wait unless you have somebody like Olabisi Johnson where you can, you know, sub him in or DK Metcalf, sub him in. We're going to get to more DK Metcalf uh, later on in the program. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a wait-and-see situation, and you're probably going to be waiting until week 14. Drew Locke was the first quarterback practicing, taking the first-team reps for the Denver Broncos, Dave. Uh, Yesterday on Thanksgiving Day, uh, Brandon Allen is uh, obviously took snaps after that as well, who had started the last few weeks since Joe Flacco had that mysterious neck injury after he criticized the Denver play calling. Hmm, Interesting. Um, (laughs) Locke is uh, still on injured reserve, but he definitely could come off this week and make his NFL debut. What do you think this does if Drew Locke, comes in and starts a quarterback for Denver, Dave, a higher pedigree player than Brandon Allen, a much less experienced player than Brandon Allen. What does it do for guys like Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant as far as um, if you're w- wondering whether to play these guys as, as flexes this week? I mean, it's so dangerous. I mean, you don't know. I have no idea what you're going to get out of Drew Locke. 
I mean, he could throw for 80 yards, 280 yards, 180 <laughs> yards. I mean, who knows? Right. Zero touchdowns and four picks, four touchdowns and zero picks. It's probably not very likely he does that, but um, I can I couldn't feel all that great about you know Noah Fant actually he's been doing really well and you know rookie quarterbacks tend to throw to their tight ends because it's an easy target, a lot of curls and little you know square ends and stuff. So I think that Fant might be an all right start. Sutton I'd be again he goes over the middle too. So I, I think both those guys could do okay. Um, you know, it's, it's so tough to say, you know, the guy that in Detroit, the guy that the, the surprise star in Detroit threw a 75 yard touchdown, David Blow, to Galladay, so. yeah, Blau, whatever. Yeah. Blob, whatever. So I don't know. I would, uh, I'd be cautious. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, Cecil Lammy, uh, from uh, football guys who actually, um, covers the Denver Broncos out there in Colorado said that there was a connection between Fant and Locke. Uh, in, in the preseason before Locke got hurt, given that they're both rookies and they work together quite a bit. Yeah. So you do have that sure. going for you too, which is nice. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers are visiting the Denver Broncos this week, Dave. Uh, Chargers are actually three-point favorites, and the total, ooh, 38. Yikes. That's rough. Yeah, so betters are betting it down. They realize that there's not going to be a lot of scoring. I, I find it hard to believe that the Broncos are going to excel offensively against the Chargers defense. And Derwin James is back too for the it Chargers. Seems like it's going to be a low-scoring game field goals and they're going to, and I would imagine the Broncos will play really close to the vest. They're not going to want to throw it 30 or 40 times. So unless they have to, <laughs> yeah, unless they have to. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think for me, like Sutton is just, he's not matchup proof, but it seems like he just gets enough targets uh, week in and week out where even if he has like a, I mean, what's his floor this week? Two for eight, something like that. Well, yeah. What did he have last week? I don't know. I'd have to look like it up. One for sixteen or something. Had, oh yeah, that's right. That was a one. Clunker. And that was with uh, I was what's happy his name? Because I didn't own him anywhere. <laughs> See, I own him in a few. Well, not a few spots. I think I own him in two spots. He's been having a great year, though. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'm still playing him this week. Quite frankly, Cortland. I, mean, I don't. I don't really have. Um, it's hard to have a lot of other options right. that are better. Oh, let me ask you this. Here's here's one I'm facing: Cortland Sutton or Corey Davis. Mm. I'd still start Sutton. Bear Davis. this in mind: since oh, here, Ryan here, here, Tannehill here. took over, yeah, he. Uh, Forget it. I can't remember what it is now. He's been he's, good. He's, he's been really pretty much better he's than he's second in the NFL in fantasy points per snap next to Lamar Jackson. He is number one or number two in the NFL in who Tannehill? Yes, in passing yards yeah, so how's per Davis drop doing? back or something. Is Corey Davis. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, so Tannehill's doing great, and Corey Davis still isn't doing all that good. All right, so Cortland Sutton last week, one for 27, but he was shadowed by Tredavious White, who's going to be a Pro Bowl corner. Yeah, so um, I, I'm trying to think who the Chargers' big corner is. I, I can't remember who it is. Uh, listen, we got Eric Sisson coming up in just a minute here. One other thing I want to get to. Uh, Mohamed Sanu listed as questionable, Dave. He is one of – Let me. okay, let me put this out here. One of blank players the Patriots listed as questionable this week. How many players did the Patriots list uh, as questionable? I'm going to go with – 14. That's a great guess. Great prices, right guess. Correct answer, 17. Oh. There are 17 players listed as questionable on the New England injury report this week, that's, including... Oh, that's right. They had all those flu guys. If I remember the flu bulk, yeah, it would have been a little bit higher. Now, it's live and learn. At least we lived. Uh, so, Mohamed Sanu is questionable. He did practice today. It looks like he's going to go. Sunday night, Houston Texans. Are you playing Mohamed Sanu as, say, a top 35 option? No. Are you playing him as your second flex? Not if I can help it. So you're trying to stay away from him. I think I would start Noah Fant over Sanu for sure. <laughs> Who would you rather play, Mohamed Sanu or Adam Thielen? Thielen. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought for sure you'd say Sanu. Oh, I think Sanu has got a better shot at suiting up than Thielen. Um, Don't you think? 
or do you think Thielen actually is is? Uh, I think actually, I, to be honest, I do think Thielen does play. I, I really do actually. And Sanu has been not good at all. I mean, it's been a, it was a terrible trade so far. Yeah. Um, second round pick they gave up for him. I, I can't believe I cannot believe that. Yeah, I can see them giving up a second and getting back a fourth or something. The, but you know, sec- I read I, the. I, mean, re- I know it's a late second, but still. I, I read the reports that uh, apparently that this is not the first time that they tried to get Mohamed Sanu. So I think Belichick really likes him for some reason. I mean, he is pretty I, versatile. I think he's a really good blocker too. It seems like. And doesn't he? Um, what didn't he play quarterback uh, yeah. a little bit in college too? Yeah. I thought at Rutgers, maybe not. I don't know. I know for sure he did in high school. Well, he played. He played some quarterback, and he's thrown some touchdown passes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, what is what is that worth? That's like. Hey, Bill know, Belichick. Four fluke. Julian Edelman. Three, yeah, three goofy plays. A year. Sometimes those goofy plays win you Super Bowls, Dave. You know what? I can't argue with Belichick. Uh, I can't argue with uh, with the fantasy acumen for our next guest, or tonight's guest that I'm bringing on right now. He's been playing fantasy football for nearly two decades. He found uh, the FFPC six years ago. He's been expanding his territory there ever since. He's drafted live in Vegas now for the last three years, drafting a live auction team and two live mains this year. Ten football guys, players, championship teams in the finals this week with 13 of them qualified for the championship round already. Both of his main event teams are in the championship round as well, and he also has the eighth-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship gunning for that 250 k grand prize. You follow him on Twitter at Mr. Pink Stripes. Please welcome into the show Eric Sisson. Eric, a belated happy Thanksgiving to you, and thanks for doing the show this week. Happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. You bet, man. Uh, what's what's the origination of your? Because uh, I noticed not only is it your Twitter name, Mister Pink Stripes, but you have some team names named Mister Pink Stripes too. Where did that name come from? I am self-admittedly horrible at social media and Twitter. I think I probably have about six followers. But um, Pink Stripes is um, a Patriots legend. Where if you see the original "Do Your Jobs" in the background of Ernie Adams, uh, Ernie Adams inkboard, it says "Pink Stripes," and there was a big controversy about did that have anything to do with the Flategate? What does it mean? And it grew from a small tale into borderline legend in the New England area where I'm originally from. So I use the term out here where I live in Denver because Patriots fans are probably not the most popular people in the Denver area. <laughs> and I use the term pink stripes. And as you can imagine, it's a great opening line to meeting new friends at the bar while you're watching a football game. And, uh, that was it, a great opening a question, question uh, on, on the yeah, program. It's been fun. Uh, Mr. Pink. So, so Eric, so, so if you're Mr. Pink stripes and there's some sort of deflate gate controversy with, you know, with Mr. P- with pink stripes as Mr. Pink stripes, are you like the deep throat of deflate gate? <laughs> I wish I could say I knew uh, knew more about it, but uh, honestly, I think anyone that tells you they really know what pink stripes means would be kidding you. I think you'd have to speak with Mr. Belichick or uh, Ernie Adams himself. Do you know who would, Dave? You know who gives an answer like that? The person who really knows what happened with know, the play yeah, game. Yeah. This is great. This is our <laughs> biggest guest ever on the show. <laughs> Uh, uh, listen, Eric, in addition to um, having a hand in Deflategate, which we clearly know that you did now, what are you doing for a living when you are – well, actually, you have an interesting story about this because you're, you're actually in, in a bit of a transition right now to uh, take advantage of some more fantasy football time. Yes, that, that is the goal. Ultimately, if I can get my fantasy football time up to about 99% of life, I will feel like I've succeeded. But, uh, no, um, I've owned a real estate appraisal and consulting firm since 2003, and um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been supported me fantasy football time, time for travel, and 
spend time with family. And um, I think after 17 years of doing anything, you kind of want to just look for that next venture. So as opposed to doing a complete 180 and changing careers, I've kind of been tweaking the business so that we can go more into different aspects of real estate consulting, more of uh, helping homeowners out with certain issues that everyone has with their homes and uh, kind of giving a little bit back to uh, the society that's been so good to me for the last 17 years. That's awesome, man. I don't have any good real estate questions, Valky. Well, that's that's fine because nothing for sale or nothing I want to buy right now. Well, what about on Florida? (laughs) Are are you still in the market for anything down there? No. I need. Well, you know the problem is I I need to you know because Florida gets crushed in real estate when there's a recession, but the economy is too good. So. Oh, okay. But I don't really want a recession, but I need a recession for Florida. Understood. Understood. What do you think, Eric? Is that right? We need a recession for Florida. We need everyone to be underwater so I can get above water. Um, and get a Florida I condo. We, yeah. I think we need to drop the world temperature about four more degrees so Florida's not underwater in the next 15 years. I don't even think you can get flood insurance on half the homes in the Fort Lauderdale and uh, Miami area anymore. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I'm going to have to go to the Gulf Coast, but you're right. But even there, I mean, there's, it's still water. It's still swampland, bulky. You know, it's just a big swamp down there. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I have people who um, <laughs> I, I tell them my thoughts on fantasy football, like my opinions, and then they always come back with, you know, if you think that I got some great, um, I got some great real estate, uh, a, a swamp I want to sell you in Florida. So I don't right. know. It's probably an uh, insult to me. I don't know. All right, let's get into fantasy the fantasy question. football. Yeah. All right. Sorry about all the uh, whatever, but uh, okay. Let's talk about another coastal team, the now LA Chargers. Austin Eckler has outscored Melvin Gordon since he's returned, but Gordon's been kind of coming on. Currently, uh, from what Balky's been telling me, Melvin Gordon is in your lineup with Austin Eckler on their bench. Uh, can you tell us why you think you're uh, you're going to roll with Gordon instead? At least it looks that way so far. That's that's true. As of right now, Eckler is on my bench. I guess he's one mouse click away from being in the starting lineup. But um, my thinking of it was is I'm in Denver right now, and the weather's pretty miserable this weekend. I think it's supposed to get a little bit better on Sunday. But Denver is notoriously tough on the tight end, so you're looking at Hunter Henry maybe not having as big of a role. And Chris Harris, I'm assuming, will be on Keenan Allen, giving uh, both of them less than favorable outlooks. I could see Mike Williams maybe as a boomer bust option, but after that, you're really down to Eckler and Gordon. And for this league, I'm giving a heavy consideration to starting both Gordon and Eckler. I don't know if that's the best decision, but it's probably one I won't make till about 12:55 on uh, Sunday. As uh, my number four flex right now is Tevin Coleman playing in Baltimore, and with Kittle being my tight end, I'm really not sure if starting two 49ers against that Baltimore defense in Baltimore is really the smartest move. So. Um, that is yet to be determined, but um, I can definitely see why the question arose. I'm just, I, I didn't even look at the total. Do you, Dave, do you want to guess what the total is on that Niners Ravens game on, on Sunday afternoon? It's uh, in Baltimore. Uh, 42. It's 45 and a half. Seems a little bit high. I, I was more with you on 42. I mean, because I guess there are, well, I mean, Lamar. It's, it's tough to stop the Ravens. <laughs> it seems that way. As long as Lamar Jackson's the Niners, on the field. The Niners offense is good. It really is. The Ravens have been playing great. Quite frankly, the Rams stonewalled the Ravens on Monday night when Robert Griffin the third came in the game. They, they, they had him all figured out. They just couldn't. Uh, I think the Rams suck. I mean, they've been, you know, they got crushed in the Super Bowl, and they've been playing terribly since. You know what, everyone figured out the, the, the McVay offense. They figured it out, and it's over. Well, okay, and, and think about this, too, that you lock up Aaron Donald with that huge contract. You're going to have to do it with Jalen Ramsey, too, given what you gave up for him. You locked up Todd Gurley for all yeah, that money. Jared Goff you locked up. 
for all that money, and they don't have a first-round pick, Dave, until 2022. <laughs> it could yeah. be rough for them. They're like the old Redskins. I was actually listening to Pete Davidson uh, from uh, – Saturday Night Live? No, 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 different Pete Davidson from <laughs> Rotobon. Uh, he was on the couch this week with Sigmund Bloom. He actually expects the Rams to turn around next year, have a bounce-back season, sure. uh, but it looks, it looks pretty rough this year. All right, we got a question from the chat room. Go ahead. One of our 20 listeners. Sure. Um, would you recommend benching Keenan Allen this week in favor of someone like Alshon Jeffries, as we like to call him, <laughs> right, yeah. who is going to play and is not on the injury report? Keenan Allen. Uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, Jeffries. Playing. Right, yeah. Keenan Allen is at Denver, which I'm sure you already knew, uh, Eric. We talked about it 10 e- seconds e- ago. Exactly, yeah. And then uh, Alshon Jeffrey in Miami this week. Which one, would you, uh, which one would you play when it came down to it? In no scenario in my life, if I lived to be 300 years old, would I ever – bench Keenan Allen for Alshon Jeffrey. I, I, I can't even fathom it. Alshon Jeffrey right, has so burned it, me so many times. Well. <laughs> no, definitely go with Keenan Allen by all means. Even if Chris Harris is going to be right. on him, I just, I can't, it's just a, that's a scary go. thought. Starting Keenan Allen and Jeffrey should be uh, shot out of a cannon. <laughs> His fantasy value certainly won't be this week. Well, well, we'll see what happens. It's Miami. You never know. Uh, we're talking with Eric Sisson, the eighth-place uh, team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, heading into league championship week here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Looking at the way you constructed your roster uh, in this particular draft, the eighth-place team, Eric, you put a premium on running backs early as well as an elite tight end. Uh, this is something that, that I talked about uh, earlier this week with Josh Siegel. Uh, who, who, who feels that the NFL is changing and he was able to find some receiver value late in drafts because there are so many good receivers and you only have to play two of them in the FFPC. Do you agree with that, that with so much emphasis on the passing game in the NFL that you can get good value on wideouts later and afford to load up on running backs and, and an elite tight end early? This is, guy, this is why i got to stop having drinks with Josh when I'm in Vegas. His uh, thoughts are permeating my brain. I completely agree with him. Um, and this is kind of why the FFPC setup is so great and general, and in general redraft is as well. Every season around this time in the schedule, we all pick apart the waiver wire to its bare bones. And in my opinion, without question, the hardest position to replace is running back. I'm sure you can get lucky and pop in Jonathan Williams last week, and, but you'd better have a lot of money left. And the fact is only one of 12 teams is getting him. As for tight end, it's such a crapshoot that if given the shot, and what I hope is a sure thing, I'm going to take that. If I can leave around five with four top running backs and a top tight end, then I'll take my chances at wide receiver and hopefully grab a running back like Kyler or Lamar that gives me a high floor and go from there. I mean, the, the waiver wire right now, if you look at the last, say, two weeks, I think you had Randall Cobb, James Washington, Russell Gage, Anthony Miller, all available. I picked up three or four of them on a few different teams. And, of course, I was the genius that sat uh, Gage and Miller yesterday. But at least they're there <laughs> for the tournament in weeks 14, 15, and 16. And you're not going to find running backs that produce like that this time of year. And, sure, one will pop up, but there's not going to be a bunch of them. I just find that wide receivers this time of year, especially in the PPR format, are just so much easier to find than those big running backs. Gage is really interesting to me, too, given, you know, I know Julio Jones, it seemed like he was pretty close to coming back this week, but another Falcons loss, Dave. Um, another, I mean, you, you're well, looking. It's that time of year for Julio. Right, yeah. It's the playoff times where he screws everybody over. Well, but that's my point. Is like you get a guy like Russell Gage who caught the touchdown yesterday. Who's, who, didn't he have like eight for 80 or something in week 12? I thought he had a pretty good game last week too. So that could be a guy that, that's interesting down the stretch. As, as, you know, I, I know it feels weird to play Russell Gage, but listen, 
You're going for production. You're going for opportunity. Russell Gage has exhibited both of those the last couple of weeks, along with a certain tight end from the New York Jets, Dave. Yeah, Ryan Griffin. You know, anyone who owns Chris Herndon, including myself in Dynasty, is pissed off right now because Herndon, we've been holding on to this turd. He's been on IR, and now you're still holding on to Herndon. Oh, and well, Dynasty. He's on IR, yeah, yeah. And Dynasty, and he's like semi-worthless at this point. They just extended Ryan Griffin. So anyway, we're talking about this year, but Eric plays Dynasty. He knows. So do you think Griffin makes a sneaky start in league championship week? Uh, you know, Darnold has a good matchup going on. So what do, you, what do you think about Ryan Griffin? I hope he turns out to be pretty good because I, I've grabbed a lot of them in the last three, four weeks spread out over my various teams. And, um, you know, it's kind of a scenario that is good for a tight end. You can say what you want about Adam Gase and his peculiar nature, air quotes. But the man knows how to get the, t- uh, the tight end involved. I mean, he um, look what he did for Julius Thomas in Denver back in, what was it, 2013 or 2014? I think one of those years. I mean, granted, he had Peyton Manning throw him the ball, but Julius Thomas came out of nowhere. And the next thing you know, he dropped uh, 12 touchdowns and was a league winner for a bunch of people. You add that into the fact that Darnold's, you know, a young quarterback who's going to be looking for his security blanket in the uh, short passing game. And coupled with the fact that for some reason, as good as Lev Bell is, they don't seem to want to let him go into the end zone. I'm not really quite sure why, but it all works in favor of Ryan Griffin. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. Um, and Ryan Griffin, too, like the pundits have actually caught up with them, too, and are ranking him pretty high this week, uh, and, and um, deservedly so, given what he's been able to do with it. By the way, did you see that report, Dave, on Sam Darnold? Um, I actually brought this up on the show with Leo and Balky. Sans Leo today, as I was the, the only one at the radio station working yeah, today. Everyone no-showed at the radio station. I, but I do this Football Daily segment <laughs> where it's a football-centric uh, non-Packers segment every week. Sam Darnold, after he beat the Raiders, they went out and celebrated. I can't remember the name. I think his name was Daryl Roberts, a corner that was turning 29 this past Tuesday. But on Sunday, they went out to some club, and Darnold, I guess, he, uh, no, it was uh, Bounce, I think it's called. I, I'm not really familiar but um, I guess a lot of the Jets, no, a lot of the Jets players <laughs> hang out there. And Darnold, I guess, just got wasted. And he was making out with some chick at the bar. Yeah. And then those guys kept partying. And then at 12:30 in the morning, he got out of there with her and took her home that night. So good on yeah, Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sell good. It. You know, he's a young fellow. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's what I said. Like, yeah, I get it. You know, following in the steps of Joe Namath from uh, yeah. Jets quarterbacks that throw touchdowns and then um, bring home women. It, it's, I didn't see the fur coat on him. Got to make hay while you're young. Indeed. Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, Eric, we, we saw the rise of him last year. Lamar Jackson this year. Uh, I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out, you know, because I know people are going to ask me in, in the offseason, and I'm going to be wondering the, this myself, who, who is this year's Lamar Jackson in, in 2020? Could Kyler Murray follow in their footsteps as a high upside rookie this year? that in their second year in the league, he takes a huge step. And I, I don't think he's going to be drafted as like a top six or seven quarterback. He already is, though. Well, was he drafted as a top six or seven quarterback what this year? What you said is he went, you don't think he's going to be drafted as a top six. What you just said was he, you don't think he's going to be drafted as a top six Correct. or seven. Correct, yeah. But he already this year is ranked as the, like six or is seven. Is he really? Yeah. I didn't realize he was that high. What was Lamar Jackson last year ranked? Oh, I, I guess he, he came on at the end, yeah. Good, he didn't All really right. do that well. So I guess my point, uh, let me right. rephrase Sorry the qu- No, point. that's fine. Let's, let's clarify here. This is good. So, Eric, I, I guess my question for you, Kyler Murray, could he – I don't want to say he's coming out of nowhere next year, but is he the type of guy he's ranked seventh right now in fan? I'm sorry. Some of these have week 12. Oh, okay. Anyway, so uh, uh, Kyler Murray, is, okay, he is ranked seventh. Confirmed <laughs> now. He's confirmed. Could Kyler Murray be a type, the type of guy next year, uh, uh, Eric, where he's not drafted um, in the top six or seven? And then he ends up being like a top two or three quarterback for, for fantasy owners next year? 
I don't know if I want to wait for next year because I'm starting him in my main event final this weekend. So I'm kind of hoping he uh, leapfrogs right into uh, number one QB of week 13. But um, that said, I do like Kyler a lot. He's sharp. He already knows when to run and when to get down. You know, you see a lot of a lot of young players out there. They run, 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 and then they get their head taken off, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, see him playing for three or four weeks, but they're not the same. I love watching Lamar and have him on a lot of teams. But I worry that, you know, with unlike Kyler, I worry about Lamar. When's that big hit coming? I watched uh, Lamar, was it last week? You know, he's running up the middle against guys 50 pounds bigger than him. And sure, he's making them look stupid and putting them on a YouTube missed tackles uh, highlight film. But you always wonder, is this, you know, is the turf going to give out below his foot? Is something going to give where he can't make that big juke and this, you know, 260-pound linebacker hits him, you know, lights out up the middle? And you, you have to worry about that. Lamar's not the biggest guy. And Kyler, I think the benefit to him is that he is so much smaller that he's always had to use his head and say, I got to get out of the way of these people. And maybe it's his baseball background. I mean, he was a first-round pick, I think, by the A's. but um, he plays as if he knows how to protect himself. You, I don't think I've seen him get hit once this year on you know, more than a push out of bounds or anything. He throws the ball away. He's smart. He plays in control. And like I said, you know, as soon as he thinks someone's going to come for that big hit, you see him down. He looks like he's sliding into second base. It's, it's really impressive for a player his age. Um, actually, oddly enough about Kyler Murray, he popped up on in the injury report today as questionable. Right, yeah. You know, with um, like a hamstring or something. Yeah, and I, uh, I have to look that up real you, quick. By the way, uh, hopefully I'm not ruining your Friday night, uh, Eric. Uh, <laughs> do you have an option if Kyler doesn't play, or did, he, did, your, did your option play on Thursday? Uh, I actually had, was carrying three quarterbacks for a while. I had Baker, Kyler, and uh, Josh Allen. I actually let Josh Allen go because I didn't like – his matchup against the Cowboys, which shows what I know, uh, or his matchup coming up <laughs> in the next few weeks. I know, huh? Seriously, let's let that guy go. He, he had a bad game yesterday. But um, <laughs> I plan to roll with Kyler, and, you know, God forbid the hamstring pops up. Baker against the Steelers is not ideal, but it's better than taking a zero. Yeah, exactly. It's better than Jeff Sorry. Driscoll being your option or something I, like that. You know, I, I guess for me, it, it's really tough for me to see the Cardinals sitting Kyler Murray this week. I know he got added to the injury report today. He did get in a full practice. You know, what did he get? Did he hurt his hamstring on the final day or final play of practice today? You know what I mean? It just, it's, it doesn't add up. So I, I think he's going to be just fine. If I had him, I, I would have no qualms playing him. That said, I probably just gave him the kiss of death too. Um, but we'll see. You own him in a lot of dynasty leagues, don't you, Dave? Kyler I mean, Murray? I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I love him. I mean, I, we were we were targeting Lamar Jackson as a rookie. We were targeting Kyler. I was targeting you. You were too, I think. Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray in Dynasty, they were Murray was more expensive than Lamar. Ja- Lamar Jackson was like a second, early to late second round pick last year, and it was a, uh, it was such a good thing for people that, that got him. I mean, he he, if you have him and like Christian McCaffrey, you're you are so much lapping the field in Dynasty right now. It's yeah, great. yeah, no, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, Dave, you and I play Dynasty. We're not the only ones. Eric actually Eric, plays in Dynasty yeah. leagues with the FFPC too. Yeah, but Eric. By the way, I appreciate you not reporting a lot of people for tanking this week. So that's hope that's good. Hopefully, no one's tanking in your leagues. But if they are, let me know. Dave at myffpc.com. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> who's a player you'd be looking to buy low on in trades this off season in FFPC Dynasty leagues? Oh God, there's there's a bunch of people I've always been looking at as far as buying low. But I I will admit that. Uh, as far as Dynasty, I mean, he's, he's gone for the season, unfortunately. But I really like the young player, Preston Williams, in Miami. He um, he was really impressive. While he, 
he, he was impressive. I don't know. He came out of nowhere. I mean, I, I follow dynasty and always working in the preseason and all of a sudden, you know, you heard little chirps about him in the off season and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you just have this guy that looks like a wide receiver one out there. And I said, Whoa, he really popped onto the scene. Um, other than that though, when, when I'm in dynasty, I was like looking for the value plays, maybe guys in split backfields. For example, if you look at, I mean, the uh, cat's out of the bag on Austin Eckler, but Maybe some people or maybe the owner of Eckler doesn't realize that Melvin Gordon is probably not going to be an L.A. Charger next year. And, you know, Eckler, while they will probably draft a running back, I'm assuming, um, he's still going to be an RB1, if not even stronger than he was already an RB1 this year. That and other people like Kareem Hunt, who's in a split situation. Now, I think Hunt has one more year or at least an option on his contract with Cleveland. But why not get him a year early? Because if Hunt is anything like he was two years from now, like he was last year in Kansas City or two years ago in Kansas City, you're looking at RB1 with massive upside. I think, too, Dave, don't you feel like those, those secondary running – let me, let me phrase the question this way. Don't you think that you, you have to overpay to get one of these stud-starting bell cow running backs – but you often pay quite a bit less for these pass catching or change of pace or backup running backs in dynasty. I feel like I can always get pretty good deals on those guys, but I have to pay through the teeth for like a top 15 guy. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Preston Williams, by the way, he was a wide receiver 34 through the, you know, until he got, until injured. he got hurt. That's crazy as a rookie. I mean, it's, it's really nuts to have that type of production. Um, to be like a WR three as a rookie wide receiver on, on an awful team that's not scoring touchdowns. So and a lot of that was catching from Josh Rosen too, not even Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, he was a highly rated receiver and he had whatever his personal issues. Off field stuff was, was the was only undrafted. reason he he fell in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff Terabasi was all over him. Uh, Cornfins. And he's, he's an excellent. He knows Dolphins, his Dolphins, Dolphins for sure. Yeah. yeah. What does he think, by the way, about Patrick Laird? Just curiously. I have not. Talked to him about, into that. about the Twitter phenom known as Patrick Laird. Did you see Peter Overzet was doing this thing in the year of our Laird? The, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I can't. There's only so much of the Twitter sphere. Yeah, I, I know. I, 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 I small doses for me as well. Yeah, uh, Eric, uh, you know, Mark Walton got released by the Dolphins, um, and, and you have Kalen Balage there kind of gumming up the works uh, in the Miami backfield. Do you have any kind of sure. yeah? Do you have any kind of love for Patrick Laird down the stretch, or is he just just uh, going to be one of these never was type players? I'm going to vote with never was. I mean, I think one of the most respected fantasy football analysts out there, Evan Silva, I know tweeted that he picked up Laird for his FFPC main event team, and I don't think it worked out. But I think if Evan does something, he has quite a pretty big follower base out there and he's usually about 99% correct. So I'm sure he might've started that layered title wave from being, you know, a small little trickle to a gigantic uh, tsunami that it became because I, I just don't yeah. see that happening. I, I, I don't know if I could even stomach owning a running back in Miami. It's, I don't Who knows <laughs> what they're going to do. I, I really don't. <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah. They could, uh, they, uh, they could honestly sign Larry Zonka or Ricky Williams back, and those guys would probably have higher ownership percentages than Bellage and, uh, well, maybe not Patrick Laird at this point, but certainly be more intriguing uh, uh, upside guys. Uh, we're talking with Eric Sisson, the eighth-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Let's talk Steelers receivers here. I guess I kind of want to get your thoughts down the stretch uh, in 2019 between uh, these two players, James Washington and Deontay Johnson. Who do you think has the better chance at being the number two guy there? Well, I guess the number one guy this week because Juju Smith-Schuster has already been ruled out. 
But down the stretch, who's the receiver to own there? And then next year, when uh, Roethlisberger is back and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is you know, uh, hopefully healthy, who's the number two receiver in Pittsburgh between those two guys? Who has a better shot at it? Well, I picked up Washington in a few leagues in the past few weeks in the FFPC, so I guess I'm going to say him. He had that big playlist uh, last week, and he does look the part. He's strong. He's fast. He's uh, looks like he's an athletic freak. Plus, um, I don't know if you saw on the internet, but he actually was going hunting with the quarterback. Which yeah, I, I did see that. Say, there's a special bond there, right? I mean, who, who, how many often <laughs> do you see the quarter in season seeing the wide receiver and his quarterback going out hunting ducks? It's, I don't know. It's got to be a sign. <laughs> I, so I'm going to say Washington. That's funny. Um, and, and you know, it's weird. Is Washington's college quarterback was Mason Rudolph. And those guys have shown zero chemistry in the pros, whereas Washington actually looked pretty good with uh, Duck Hodges throwing to him. I remember back in the day when Brett Favre was uh, quarterbacking uh, the Packers, he and Doug Peterson used to go hunting too. And I think Jeff Thomason, which is interesting, Jeff Thomason was like a third-string tight end for the Packers back in the day. And for whatever reason, Favre always seemed to find him right around the goal line. He wouldn't do much between the 20s. Who? Jeff Thomason. The third string is behind him. Mark Chimura and Keith Jackson in the heyday in those mid to late 90s teams for the Packers. Wow. And Thomason wouldn't do anything, but then Favre would always seem to find him for like a six-yard touchdown every now and then. But I know those three went hunting quite a bit, uh, deer hunting here in, uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, Dave, I'm going to save you on this next one. I'm going to ask a different question, actually. Oh, okay, then go ahead. Um, I'm actually – this is just a question. I was just thinking to myself about Lamar Jackson in, uh, in redraft in 2020. Yes. And I'm wondering – Eric and Eric, where you guys think Lamar Jackson Ooh. will be drafted and where do you think he should? Well, how about this? Where do you think he will be drafted? Like where's his ADP and where do you think you would take him actually? I mean, I, you know, I know you, uh, you, you know, kind of sounded a cautionary tale, Eric Sisson, uh, but Lamar Jackson, he's outscoring everyone at quarterback by a pretty incredible amount. He's, he's scoring 28.335 points per game. Number two points per game, Russell Wilson at 23. So he's outscoring the number two quarterback himself by 5.2 points a game. So he's going to go pretty high, and you may be uh, – Eric Sisson won't take him that high. But, uh, okay, back to my question. ADP, and where would you take him? Huh. Well, I, if I was fortunate enough next year, especially in something in the main event where you just got to go for the kill shot – I was fortunate enough to have the 101. I obviously would take CMC next year, barring any injuries. But mm-hmm. I will say, if I get to pick, you know, the, the two-three turn, it would be I real hard three. not to. It would be really hard not to look at a roster that has, say, CMC and pick your top wide receiver, or running back that you like, or say like a George Kittle, a CMC, George Kittle, Lamar Jackson start. That would be uh, oh, dangerous. It would be. That, I, I was, I think you know what? That's 80, exactly what I was thinking. Lower. That's exactly what I was thinking. Sorry to interrupt you. It, it would be scary. Exactly what I was thinking. Like, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, it would just be it's well, a scary I, combo when you think about it. What What was the combo? It was it was it was McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson. Who's the other one? Uh, Kittle was one person. Oh was yeah. All the top wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Eric, go ahead. I'll let not you, Bulky, but uh, Mr. Sisson, go ahead and say a little few more things, and we'll stop interrupting. Okay. Uh, sorry. The um, I mean, you just if you could you imagine you know, we all look at our rosters and you get those ten clicks and you got to put them in and you say okay, I look up at the quarterback and I say Lamar Jackson. Oh, that looks pretty good. And then my number one running back CMC. And then oh god, how's my tight end look? Oh look, George Kittle. 
let's see, I can figure out the waiver wire for a couple wide receivers and maybe I hit on a running back in the fourth round and good luck. You know, I, I don't want to play that team. No, no. Isabella in the 12th and your team is golden. <laughs> Joey Isabella. <laughs> or Preston, um, Preston Williams next year. There you Brad, go. That's exactly. another good one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'll say this about Lamar Jackson and his ADP last year. FFPC main event players. Well, let me preface this by saying Patrick Mahomes broke records, fantasy records last year as a quarterback. He was the number one quarterback off the board yes. in, in FFPC main events uh, in September that went off. Dave, his ADP was 309. So after setting all those fantasy records, he was still going into the mid to late third round. Lamar Jackson's awesome. He's actually on pace to break a lot of those Mahomes records. Do you know he's the ninth leading rusher in the NFL right now? Ninth. Yes. That's insane. I'm sorry. No, I know it. Was Vic ever that high in rushing? No. You know why he, you know why we know he was never that high? It's because we talked about that. Lamar Jackson was the highest fantasy point scoring college player of all time right yep we exactly. talk about this multiple it, by, times by the way by but, a lot by the way by the way playing in a pro style offense too yes in a pro style offense and holy crap then he goes to the pros and man he keeps scoring a lot of fantasy points it's amazing that he keeps doing what he did in college anyway my little thing about lamar jackson versus mahomes is that because lamar jackson has such a high floor because he runs so much right. yep i think he's worth more than mahomes and he's his there was so much of the regression to the mean stuff with Mahomes. I don't think you're going to get that with Lamar Jackson other than the, in, you know, the injury concern that Eric brought up. I mean, that is a, con- a little bit of a concern. I agree there. Here's another crazy thing to think about. Lamar, not that I want to turn this into the Lamar Jackson hour, but you, you realize that he is, he is on pace to not only, I don't want to say he's going to crush Mahomes, what Mahomes did in 2018, but he's on pace to handily beat it. Patrick Mahomes had Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill last year. Along with, um, did he have Kareem Hunt last year at all, Dave? Part of the year? You had Kareem Hunt part of the year, right? Did he not? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what does Lamar Jackson have? He's got Mark Ingram. Granted, he's been great. Ingram's a baller. And then Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and Willie effing Sneed. Yeah. I, I, Those yeah. guys will get better. I mean, not. But they have been pretty awesome. Yeah, but Ma- thanks to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, so, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. And you guys kind of already let the cat out of the bag. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be going in the mid-second or anything like that. But when you talk late second, early third, I think that's where he's going off the board. And because you know of my stupidity when it comes to fantasy football and my ignorance when it comes to the quarterback position, I will own Lamar Jackson in exactly zero redraft leagues next year. <laughs> that, that's my policy. I might, I, I, I might actually be looking at it. Well, listen, good luck to you. I, I, hey, I'm going to take I, that luck. I, I, I cannot do it. I, I, and it's probably to my own detriment. I just cannot do it. But there's, you know, you'll get some value though out of those other quarterbacks like Mahomes, you know, Dak, uh, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson always seems like he's under. I, I think, and, and Eric, it, let me ask you this and sorry to interrupt Dave. Do you think that the fantasy um, community and high stakes players are still overvaluing pocket passers and not giving enough credence to dual threat quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, like Josh Allen, like Lamar Jackson, uh, as far as he tumbled in, in drafts this year. Are, have we still not caught up to that yet? I think, in my, I think this season was the point of the, the, point of the turn. I, I think, you know, last year you had Josh Allen, you know, learning the ropes, so to speak. You had Lamar not getting as much playing time, and then, you know, obviously he came on as the starter after they got rid of the Flacco experiment. And now you have Lamar full-time, Josh Allen full-time. Kyler Murray came in from day one full-time. And all three of them are killing it. So 
I think unless you haven't watched football in 2019, I would think that most intelligent, especially the high stakes players, are all understanding the value of a floor of these running quarterbacks. And, you know, I I think I started David Carr two weeks ago because, you know, um, I don't know, someone was on a bye. One of of my running quarterbacks, it might have been Kyler was on a bye, not Kyler, but someone else. And, of course, I think what he gets, six points before they benched him. And it just, you're never going to get six points from a Kyler or Josh Allen or Lamar. It's just not going to happen. Barring an injury, they're not getting six points. David Carr got me six points. Thank you very much, David. (laughs) Um, Interesting, you know, Josh Allen, you mentioned him, and I know you caught him and whatever. I mean, I get it. Totally makes sense. But weeks 12 to 16, we talked about this last year too, Balky, and I stupidly didn't draft him anywhere in Kentucky, so I talk about it. Don't talk the talk, don't walk the walk. Josh Allen, 12, weeks 12 to 16 last year was QB2. This year, weeks 1 through 12, QB5. And this is, I mean, and he was drafted where? Like QB17, 15, whatever it was. It was insane. First, really I saw the stat on the, on the game yesterday in the Cowboys game. He started off this first five weeks of the season. He was like through two touchdowns, like five picks or something like that. And since then, it's been like 12 total touchdowns and one pick. Or, or like, no, it was like 12 passing touchdowns and like five or six rushing touchdowns and one interception. I actually, with a lot on the line in some leagues yesterday, my two quarterbacks were Josh Allen and Tom Brady. And it was very, very difficult for me to say, for me to like you divorce, look the, you look at the names. divorce the names from the production. It's to, so tough. And, it was, and, and then finally I'm just like, look, I, you know, I, I know it seems like the wrong decision. I'm going to play Allen over Brady. And I was thrilled with it yesterday. And I was, you know, after you he ran that one in, I was like, never a doubt. Totally the, the right call, though, the entire time. All right, um, let me ask one more quarterback Go question, ahead. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Not, now I'm being greedy, you brought up Brady. All right, Eric, Sisson, not you, Balky, because I'm sure Balky will tell me something. But Tom Brady or Sam Darnold this week, uh, a quarterback for me. <laughs> Brady, I think he's, uh, uh, he's gotten 8 and 11 points last couple weeks. He's been terrible. Um, and uh, Sam Darnold plays? Sam Darnold's at the Bengals. At the Bengals, what a defense! Wait, they don't play defense there. <laughs> they don't play football there. And the Brady's at Houston, right? Yeah, correct on Sunday Night Football. Okay, what do you think, Eric? Oh, God, I love Tom Brady, but um, historically speaking, he has burned me in the end of uh, the season. So the weather gets cold in New England. They switch over to that run style that they've had to focus on more and more as he's aged. And, of course, in the past, I've played Brady over other options like Kirk Cousins and last year Sam Darnold, and it cost me. So I would most certainly, without a doubt, learn from my previous mistakes and play Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold. I think there's a good – there's a non-zero chance that Belichick has his defense just play both ways this weekend with as many points as they're putting up. Just give Brady the rest. Let the offense rest for the playoffs. Just let the defense play the whole way. What did you think, Falcon? Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, Sam Darnold over Tom Brady is, is where I would go on that. My, my only concern is Vegas actually has the, um, has the Patriots, uh, favored by three and scoring, I think three more points than the Jets who are also favored by three. Patriots are three point favorites in 45. a total of 47, 47 for that right. game. Uh, the That's Jets up, are, actually. yes, it has Jets are three point favorites in a 41 and a half total. So yeah, there is something mm. to be said for that. But then they, right, anyway, I would go, I would go with Darnold. All right. I wouldn't feel great about it, Thanks but I go with Darnold. Thanks a lot, fellas. Hey, let's get to an email here, Eric, for you. Al in Midland, Michigan sure. writes, Hey, Eric, if Engram and Tate miss this week, well, they, we already know they're both out, are Slayton or Shepard good plays for you against the Packers? Thanks. That's Al in Midland, Michigan. Al, thank you so much for emailing the show. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, the 
Uh, Giants are hosting the Packers this weekend, and it looks like Daniel Jones' top three receiving options in no particular order will be Slayton, Shepard, and Saquon Barkley. Are you liking Slayton or Shepard as flexes this week, Eric? I think I'd have to go with Slayton. He seems to, uh, you know, he's there for the big play. If you're ever going to toss a coin up there and wonder about who to pick, I'm always going to go with the guy that in one play can get you a 75-yard touchdown and, you know, drop 13, 14 FFPC points on for you in one play. Um, Shepard obviously is a little bit worrisome. This concussion thing is it's obviously pretty seriously. I mean, uh, serious. He's in and out, you know, I think what he missed three, four games, was it? It's not good. And you, you never know if he takes one hit, they might be really cautious with him. I don't think the giants are exactly playing for uh, a playoff spot or anything like that. And him being one of their young assets, I would imagine if he even slightly got dinged, he's going to be out of the game. And, you know, that happens in the first or second quarter, you're going to be regretting it. Slayton seems like he's pretty healthy and uh, he seems like Jones really likes him. I know if you look at those air yard models, I know Slayton has a, uh, he's ranked pretty high up there. And I do know, I was listening to something the other day. I wish I could say who it was, but they were talking about how Green Bay had been having trouble covering the last three or four weeks on the long ball. And I think that's probably right where Slayton would fall in. Well, I'll say this as as a Packers fan, they've been having trouble covering everything in the secondary the last few weeks. It's been rough. (laughs) Tight ends are blowing up on them. The deep ball they can't cover. It's self-loathing Packers. No, it's not even self-loathing. The stats have backed that up. It's, It's been rough. Um, but what I'm with they, you. Are they like eight and three? Yeah, they're eight and three, Dave. But they're, it's, it, you know, they're some the of worst eight and three team in football. Quite frankly, you're right. <laughs> you, you are, are self No, it's not though. So, they should have lost to the Lions. No question there. Uh, there there's a couple of, of games. We can, we can talk about They, they could have easily Eric, lost to the Bears week Eric one. Eric has a more important. I understand that, Dave. Ask him the last question here. <laughs> Sorry about our <laughs> problems. All right, Eric. Uh, give us a player that you think a lot of FFPC owners will be starting, but you would consider benching in week 13, the championship week of the league playoffs, as well as a sleeper that should really be started, but they're ignoring at this point. Uh, well, I have a general rule on who I'm going to sit that week if he's a good player, and that is whoever Stefan Gilmore is lining up against. I think he cost Amari Cooper about 10 or, 10 or $20 million on his uh, next contract last week after shutting him out and giving him the goose egg. And uh, not that DeAndre Hopkins isn't a superior player to Cooper, but it just seems like this season when Gilmore gets on to someone, it's, as you guys say, it's game over. I mean, it really is. You know, I could see Hopkins getting two for 20 and no touchdowns. And then just Houston just saying, you know what, forget this. Let's just go away from this issue and concentrate on the other side of the field. And if you look at the history of Belichick playing against superstar players, he loves to take away the quarterback's favorite toy, going all the way back to when he used to put a key Tlaib on Jimmy Graham when he played for the Saints. And he just he finds out who the quarterback's quote-unquote binky is, and he just says, okay, we're going to take that away from you. Too bad. You don't get to play with him today, and you're not playing. And I could see them doing that. I could see them just putting Gilmore on him and even carrying a safety behind him and saying, okay, Will Fuller, Duke Johnson, Carla Tide, good luck. Go ahead and try and beat us. We're going to take away your favorite toy, and we'll play from there. And um, – so I, that's who I – I mean, I have him only in – of all the leagues I have in the FFPC, I only have one uh, one team with D-Hop on it. And he'll play, but I won't have the best outlook for him uh, by any means. As far as as far as far who I really like this week, and I'm, I've just been saying this since week one, so this has to be the breakout week so that I can finally feel good about myself, but it has to be Miles Sanders again, going against uh, the Dolphins. I don't think Jordan Howard's going to play this week. I know they, they said he was doubtful with a shoulder stinger. 
And um, I could imagine Philadelphia getting up quite heavily on the uh, the Dolphins. That said, the Dolphins will probably also have, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick out there throwing the ball all over the place. So maybe it'll be enough justification to keep putting the ball into air to Sanders. I know um, last week, I think Sanders would have had a touchdown, but it, it looked like, I don't know if you guys saw the same video I saw, but it looked like Wentz threw the ball about 15 feet over his head on what would have been a yes. four-touchdown pass. Yeah, that was bad. I, I, I don't know how a professional quarterback throws that ball that that far over a man's head, but um, it was pretty ugly. But, I mean, if you, if you look at that play right there, that would have been probably another seven, eight points for Sanders, and all of a sudden he goes from having a decent week to a big week. And the conversation about him this week is, oh, God, everyone's going to play him. That was his breakout game last week, when in reality maybe it's coming this week against a, uh, a very friendly and Thanksgiving-themed uh, Dolphins defense. Yeah, no, it could be Thanksgiving for Miles Sanders. I hope it is because I, I have him going in a very important matchup this week. Uh, I think Sanders has a big week. I, I hope you're right. That would be great. It, it would it would for my for the zero RB team that's playing for Kentucky title team or title this weekend, Dave. It would prove it uh, well, very he, very fruitful with Jonathan Williams and Miles Sanders as my two running backs. Oh, right, so this is the guy, Eric Sisson. This is the guy I'm talking to here who swore off zero RB as a you know fraud a shame. No, I never did that. I never sucked. No, I was the total. No, no, no. Work anymore. This is a total lie. And now here he is. Championship. I have never in two pieces of crap at running back. And I have and I good wide receiver. I have gone. I have not only is that wrong. (laughs) I have gone on record on this program saying the last two years in Kentucky in the KFFSC. My two best teams, I went zero RB in one league in 2017 yeah. and in one league in 2018. Those are by far and away my best teams. Like, I'm going all in on zero RB this year. Yeah. And I went zero RB. I, I, I didn't, misheard you then. There was, there, was two, there was two leagues I didn't because I had a top two pick, and I either took McCaffrey yeah. or Barkley. I thought you, well, I don't know, man. No, I'm yeah. not swearing at all. I'm going to listen to, I don't listen to this show ever because it's awful. Go ahead, I'm going to listen to it next, last you, week's show, I'm going to listen to it after. You will not find me saying that zero RB is an antiquated notion anymore. You will not. I now, never said that. Now, I did say this year. I feel like we're on Fox News here. Debating I, I did, no one ever said yeah, I did say that this year it was a little rough. Because it was tough oh, to find a running back off the waiver wire, and quote. and as Eric and as I pointed out on the lowdown this week with Josh, you know these guys found great wide receiver value uh, this year in in the FFPC, yeah. and that great re- receiver value, uh, Eric certainly is carrying your team in this league, the eighth place overall team in the Football Guys Players Championship, heading into league title weekend. This is not the only successful team you have. Good luck in all of your finals, both in the FPC and the FFPC main event. And I know your name will be littered all over that championship round as well. Congratulations on a big 2019 so far. Hopefully you're bringing home that big check uh, come uh, the end of December. And thanks so much for doing the show. Really appreciate you doing this on a holiday weekend. Uh, Enjoy the Thanksgiving weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon, dude. It's been my pleasure, guys. Uh, Thank you very much, you know, and uh, happy holidays to you both and all the listeners. Oh, and Eric, before I let you go, I know we wanted to talk about this, but you have done the Vegas live events um, uh, now for the last three years. And, uh, Come find Balky, and he'll buy you a couple I, of I absolutely will. But you actually said, like, this is this, – I mean, we're coming up on Christmas, but for you, this is sort of like turning into your Christmas every year. Oh, God, the, the, the Vegas draft, uh, my fiance laughs at me all the time because she's like, you are a kid at Christmas in August planning everything out. Where are you going to stay? How close is it going to be to Planet Hollywood? Is it across the street? What am I going to do? What time am I going to be there? She says, you know, she's God, you're an adult acting like a child at Christmas. And we, we kind of laugh about it. And, you know, for anyone out there that's listening, and I know it's not cheap to go or anything like that, but 
the FFPC puts on a great show in Vegas. And if, if you're ever on the fence about going or not going, please go. The camaraderie that just occurs amongst other like-minded people in a really friendly, positive crowd is terrific. It's really like nothing else I've ever uh, ever been to. And I've been to other, you know, in the mid in the early 2000s. I went, used to go to the Rotobolt Convention down in Atlantic City. And the FFPC show that they put on in Vegas is just a terrific time. Good, clean fun. Everyone is nice. Everyone helps each other out. And I, I can't recommend it enough. So anyone out there thinking about going, you know, next year, I, I can't recommend it enough. Eric, your $500 check is in the mail. Yeah, there Thanks you go. So Five hundred, making a thousand. Uh, thanks for the kind words. Uh, we're we're thrilled that you enjoy yourself out there. I know Dave and I always enjoy ourselves. Uh, you know, even though we're working the majority of the time out there, but it's always yeah, such. Once an all awesome... the live drafts ends, we enjoy ourselves. Then we party. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a it's been a great time out there every single year. We'll we'll see you again out there next year, and uh, hopefully the ball bounces your way over these next four weeks, Eric. Well, thank you very much, guys. And again, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. Eric Sisson, ladies and gentlemen, you follow on Twitter at Mr. Pinkstripes. And, of course, uh, check him out uh, this uh, on the uh, Football Guys Players Championship uh, championship leaderboard. You know, not only was he a good guest. And the main event leaderboard. He was a good guest, and his phone worked well. I could actually hear him. Absolutely. That was nice. Listen, eighth place in the Football Guys Players Championship will get you a pretty good phone, Dave. Are you, um, is he your favorite guest so far that you're really voting for? Uh, I don't think there's any question he is. I mean, <laughs> I, next week. I listen. I root for everybody, but Eric, I really, really want. He does share your name to win this, and he spells it the correct way too. I was complaining about Eric the Viking. Yeah, Eric. The now I'm not going to bore everybody with this. No, tell it, me. I want to hear in my Eric, lo- the, Eric's story. The local radio station that I work oh, at. Oh yeah, tell this. They, they, funny. they send out um, you know, announcements. They send out birthday announcements to, to, to six radio stations at this network that I work at. And they send out everybody's birthday and everybody's work anniversary. And it happened to be my birthday last week, or I guess this past week. And uh, they put in there my name, and they spelled it E-R-I-K. Longtime listeners of the show know how much that just peeves me off. I just, I, I, I don't want to get into it. But, yeah, they spelled my name wrong, <laughs> and it's so ridiculous. So it was an email that was that spelled wrong? Yeah, it was an email goes out to everybody in the corporation, not is only it, in Wisconsin, but this is, is Iowa and, and all the other so me, stations I mean, I, as assume well. it, I assume it's like a, just a BCC email, right? Uh, you can't hit reply all and you, be like, you can't. You, yeah, you, you can't. Well, actually, you can. Oh, really? You can do that. And and people, <laughs> and they've had meetings talking about email policy don't, and, don't do and enough, email don't do etiquette. Reply all. Yeah, <laughs> and, and some of it. God, it just clogs up my email box uh, so much. It's so funny. I mean, like some companies are just ignorant to that. You know, like Benchmade, right? It's a knife company that we right. work with for this other, our other business. They sent an email about their B2B training thing. Yeah. It included, it was just a regular CC email of every single Benchmade dealer in the yeah, country. Yeah, just ridiculous. Like, I just think it was so funny. Yeah. Well, anyway. well, and you know, it's funny. We had, this, you know, multi hundred million dollar. This sales executive just had a baby. His family just had a baby. His, his wife had a baby. And um, they sent out an email congratulating him. And uh, then they sent out an, another email. He was like, it, it, like they said, I, I can't remember how it worked, but they're like, don't, they sent out another email. Don't reply all. Cause they had this big, like present plan for him or whatever. Like he doesn't know about this. Don't hit reply all, you know? <laughs> 
Hey, congrats, Biff. Yeah, uh, so ridiculous. So ridiculous. <laughs> Dave, we got to fly through these emails here. I want to get because because you're playing a game in the last one. Oh, great. Todd and Terry. Oh, the show's got to end. Todd and Tarabella, California. I have both Samuels and Snell this week and need to play one since I lost out on Jonathan Williams on the wire in place of my Marlon Mack. Which one is the smart play to pair with McCaffrey? Happy Thanksgiving. That's Todd in Tarabella, California. Todd, thanks so much for the email. And by the way, doesn't matter who you pay, play, uh, pair with Christian McCaffrey, you're going to win because you have Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you already have three players worth of points. Dave, who do you like here? I think my answer may surprise you. I might, I might still like Samuels, even though he had hardly any carries, or not, almost no carries and not very many catches last week. Uh, Snell, you're just relying purely upon the rushing. That's, and the volume. And the volume, which is a lot. Right. That's why I'm going to say Snell over Samuels if he can only play That's one. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I kind of get it. I, you know, normally I like to stay away from accumulator backs. I think Snell isn't enough accumulator. Playing at home against the Browns, uh, I, I, I like that. For what it's worth, I, I just pulled up Football Guys rankings right now. They have Snell 34th, Samuels 36th, and a but, .5 difference in PPR. Yeah, very, very close. According to them. All right. So you're saying That's Samuels. I'm saying Snell. Uh, ben in Peoria, Illinois. five on it for fun? You got the well, I mean, I will, but... Sure. Okay. Oh, All right. I, I got five on Benny Snell scoring Jalen Samuels in week 13. I'll take Samuels. We have a good number of them. Do we? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's you okay. want to look up Draft Sharks quick? Sure, you can do that right now. So I have Snell. You have Samuels. Samuels and that's 45. week 13. Uh, so wait, you said Jalen Samuels is at 45? Yeah, the, uh, Draft Sharks actually is much different. They have Snell 29 uh, at 9.2. Uh-huh. This is full PPR? Yeah, and Samuel's 8.5, which was actually 45th. So I guess it's so still very, like 0.7. So, yeah, okay. But it was a big rankings difference. Uh, ben, it gives you an idea of the running backs, how they get clumped up uh, later on yeah. in there. SOS, same old stuff. Ben in Peoria, Illinois, need to pick one of these guys as my last wideout this week, Christian Kirk or DK Metcalf on Monday night. Dave? DK Metcalf is taking on the Vikings on Monday Night Football this week. Christian Kirk is at home against the L.A. Rams. Which one do you like better? I'll take Kirk, assuming Murray plays. And you'll be able to tell that since, uh, since Metcalf, plays, Metcalf on. plays later. Yeah. You're good then. Um, between those two, I guess I would go Kirk as well. I mean, how many three touchdown games has Metcalf had? I know that Kirk's had at least one this year. That might be the only game he scored a touchdown in, too, by the way. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we're agreeing on there. Kirk over Metcalf. Uh, again, assuming uh, Kyler Murray plays, you don't want to play him if he's catching passes from uh, Brett Hundley. Bill in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Dave and Balky, who do you like better for week 13 only? Jacob Hollister at home against the Vikings. Well, a lot of Monday Night Football questions this week. Jacob Hollister at home against the Vikings or Jack Doyle at home against the Titans? Love your podcast and listen every week. That is Bill in Portland, Oregon. Thanks, Bill. Dave, your answer? I'm taking Hollister. I am taking Doyle. All right, bet. <laughs> if you want, we can. <laughs> sure. I don't feel terribly st- – I put it this way. I feel much more strongly about uh, Snell over Samuels, but yeah, if you want to do this – 0.5 PPR. Yeah, I would do it. All right, I'll take Hollister. All right. Five. So you, I got five on it for Jacob Hollister. So I have, uh, I, I have five on Jack Doyle. More FFPC points. Make that clarification. More FFPC points hey, what is it? in week 13. I got I five Oh, all these bets. Bet, you bet, 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 you bet, love bet, bet, Jacob bet. Hollister just in general, I think. Well, I actually think Doyle just kind of sucks in spite of Ebron being hurt. Uh, well, not hurt either. And Hilton, by the way, suffering a setback too. Oh, yeah. oh damn. Not going to be too many people. <laughs> that th- well, of course, the Colts just might run it 50 times that game too, which they have been doing That's lately. That's true to Marlon Mack. 
Uh, oh, wait, he's out too. No, but they got Jonathan Williams and Jordan Wilkins. Jonathan Williams. Come on, Jonathan Williams. They All right. Naheem Hines. Dave, we're going to play a trivia game. And I'm, Why does Naheem Hines sound like an STD of some sort? Uh, <laughs> never thought about that before. Um, all right. You, there's six players on this list. You have to guess the top six players entering week 13 of who have the most 20-plus yard carries on the season. So the most big play, most explosive, most explosive rushing plays, essentially. Okay. How am I supposed to guess this? Twenty plus yard carries, top six. I'm going to give you a lot of hints to help you out. Okay. <laughs> Here's the first hint. There's six players on this list. Tops. All right. But there's only five running backs on this list. <laughs> there's five running backs and a player at a different right. position. Lamar Jackson is number one. Yeah. With the most twenty plus yard carries on the season. All right. Lamar Jackson. I All right. I closed the chat room, so uh, um, how many guesses do I get? Uh, you get six to get six. You're one for one so far. <laughs> what is this, family feud? We're tightening it worst? up. We're tightening it up. Fine, you get nine. All right, I'm going to give – okay. All right, I don't so, need more well, – Here's I'm the getting, hint. If I get nine, I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of hints. Number two and number three on this list were teammates last year, Okay. They were teammates last year. One was a rookie, and the other guy has, I think, played on four teams in the last two years. And they were briefly teammates last year before one of these guys was traded at the trade deadline. Uh, they played. They traded. played. They they played. They were teammates together on an AFC North team. <laughs> one was a rookie. He will probably be a first round pick next year. And one then the guy who wasn't a rookie. AFC North team. So. If- that's uh, – so you have the Ravens, so that would be – It was not the Ravens. You have the Bengals. It was not the Bengals. I'm just naming off the team. Well, I'm just eliminating them for you so you don't have to think about them. Steelers. It's not the Steelers. And the other team. Right. <laughs> the fight in Baker Mayfield. Okay. So they were teammates yeah, on okay. that – So the, why are we doing this? This is so stupid. This is fun. You're giving hints that – you're just you're telling me the answer. It's not fun. It's stupid. All right, I, I don't want to tell Nick you Chubb, the answer. Nick Chubb, okay, yep. so fine. Okay, that's he's number you, three. You told me the answer. He's it's number stupid. three on this list, but who's number two? And Kareem Hunt. Yes. It was okay, not Kareem Hunt. These guys were teammates last year. I don't know. This guy you have hated. He's played for the Niners, the Jaguars. Um, currently, he plays for the Texans, and that's where he's crushing it right now. I would have never thought that this guy was number two in the NFL in 20-plus games. I don't know, Bossy. I have no idea. Carlos Hyde. Oh, there you go. Carlos Hyde, Dave. 20-plus yard carries. He's number two in the NFL. This guy, nobody wanted him in drafts this year. That's and he, amazing. And he's crushing it on a team. Well, I guess the offense is pretty good down there, but you think about Deshaun Watson there um, uh, more so than, than the running game. But he's number two on this list. Nick Chubb, you already got number three. All right, number four. AFC South, he's currently got a broken hand, but it hasn't stopped him from being on this list. At, at, uh, Marlon, Mack. Marlon Mack is correct. Number five, a guy who might be a top three pick next year, uh, was a mid-second round pick this year, and um, went to my beloved Florida State, a guy that a lot of people were on the hype train for him this year. And Calvin he, Cook. And yes, that is correct. And Eric the la- Henry. Uh, no, although he went to the same college as Derrick Henry, he is a rookie this year. And um, paying off pretty good value. I think he went in the third round of drafts. Uh, Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs is correct. So you got all six of them. Lamar Jackson, Carlos yeah, Hyde. Hey, thanks for giving me all the answers. Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs. Those are your explosive running backs uh, so far in 2019. Well, I guess not all of them because Lamar Jackson. This really did turn into the Lamar Jackson hour. With as, as special as he's been, with as insane as he's yeah, been. Just like ESPN. 
lately. Well, they're all about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's all they talk about. I don't want to sound morning shows. I don't want to Stephen A. Smith is the worst. I don't want to sound like a hipster douche, but Dave, I don't really watch a whole lot of ESPN. So I mean, I was riding the stationary bike at the uh, gym, and they had it on. Yeah, well, what happened was the, the two TVs that would have normally CNN, which I hate, but I watch, and Fox, which I hate, but I love, they were both off, and so it was just black screen, so then I had to turn that way to the left, and I watched Stephen A. Smith. Uh, that's funny. Um, you know what's funny is um, when we go to Vegas every year, just talking about this with Eric Sisson tonight, um, in the mornings I get up and I go to the, um, the uh, I can't remember what it's called, whatever spa they have there. At, at PH? Yeah. I forgot the name of it. Whatever it's called, but that that's where they have their fitness center too, and that's where they have the like the men's uh, the men's uh, bathing area. Yeah, I don't I don't go in there, but um, <laughs> but you know what's funny is they don't have a TV. I always go on the treadmills. They don't have a TV right next to every treadmill, and I always try to get on a TV that has ESPN on, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I I'm like, oh, perfect! I got an ESPN treadmill today, and then I'm like watching like. Why did I want to get on this? Trip? I know it's the worst. Right? Oh Terrible. my god, it's so so brutal. I can't. I, I refuse to watch any. It's funny because we do this podcast, but I refuse to watch any any analysis show, like any pregame show of any right. type whatsoever. It's like watching The View for men. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. Oh, you mean yeah. on Sunday mornings or just in general? And in general, but Sunday mornings right. uh, or you know before Sunday night or before See, Monday I, night, I, I, can, I cannot watch any of those people talk. I'll, I'll take it so seriously. I know this yeah. is stupid to say when we're doing a podcast right now, but about it. But I, 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 I will, I will always turn it on if you know, just like if it's in between games, I'll turn on the pregame for you know football night in America or whatever. I always watch the ESPN fantasy football show that they have on in the background where I'm setting lineups. You know, just because I know if there's gonna be any breaking news, I'm either gonna get on my phone or they're gonna put it on there right away. Right. Um, you know, it's also interesting you say that I, when I was a kid, I always, I'm like, man, how cool would it be to have my own sports talk radio show? I think now that would, you do. I think that would be the, <laughs> the, the cats at like, just would be so amazing. They're like that, that's, that's what I want to do for a living. I want to call games and I want to uh, have my own sports talk show. And you're almost there. And then when I went to college, I got a chance to do both. And, uh, shortly after I called, I called a lot of games there. I called soccer, volleyball, football, baseball, basketball, called them. And um, shortly after I called each one of those, I realized, boy, this sucks. I, I hate doing this. Well, at least I got the sports talk radio to fall back on. And then I, and then I did a sports talk radio show at, at, in college. And I'm like, God, what was I thinking? I never would want to do this for a living. And, you know, then they, the local radio station, they asked me, hey, can you come on once a week to do our fantasy show? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll do that. And then they're like, hey, would you ever want to do this afternoon show? And I'm like, no. And then they're like, well, we, you know, it would, it would be so great. I think this week, you know, we'll pay right. this much. And I'm like, all right, fine. And so, like, now I have my own sports talk radio show uh, after I said I would never have <laughs> but any. you like doing it. Kind of, yeah. You like doing I, it. There are worse ways to make money. But there are days where I'm like, how do I come up with something to talk? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, Just, I so well, you know, the problem with almost any of these, any jobs in America, this is more of a general thing, is, not many people, you know, they say, oh, I want to be a doctor. Okay, that's fine. I'll go through six years of medical school, wherever it is. And then you eventually become a doctor. And then every job has the really crappy, sucky parts. Um, and I'm sure being a doctor, oh, hey, what about, how's your malpractice insurance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you nicked that guy's, you know, bowels or whatever. Right. Oh, you know, that sucked. Or what if, you know, I want to be a high school teacher. 
Oh, enjoy parent-teacher conferences. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that sucks because you gave some, you know, some kid like a 30 out of 40 because they're stupid. Right. Um, and it's your fault that they didn't get an A on the test. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sure we all appreciate those various issues with our jobs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I love this job. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> this say. This isn't even a job. This is like a pleasure of, of the most pleasurable thing well, I could ever do. And I'll, and I'll say this, too. Like, as my, <laughs> you know, I work a lot of hours doing what I do, but, like, I wouldn't. And it does seem like work, but there's no way I could ever put this amount of work into something that I, I didn't at least enjoy at some level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and by the way, if anyone wants to email me, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a life purpose. Dave at myffpc.com. On that note. Thank you. Uh, we're going to end tonight's show. Yes, there you go. Uh, I want to thank Eric Sisson, Dave Gerzak, uh, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for tuning in on this holiday weekend. Really appreciate that. Uh, remember to check out Josh Siegel on the High Stakes Lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast, Apple Podcast, Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, next week, the 12th place main event team owner, Paul Friel, is actually going to be on the High Stakes Lowdown. So look for that uh, on Thursday morning. Uh, that will be out. We'll have a lot of good stuff previewing the championship round of the FPC in the main event. Remember to sign up for the FFPC Playoff Challenge and the Football Guys play, uh, uh, Playoff Challenge. Excuse me, MyFFPC.com. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on a team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. When did this whole life purpose thing come up for you? Right now? No, I mean, what, just, just because you're like... It's ten sixteen on a Friday night, <laughs> we and just, I'm staring at Eric Balkman. We're, we're just, doing a fantasy we're football just talking podcast. About jobs and stuff. Yeah, why are you looking for a life purpose? Don't you have enough? What do you mean? Well, I mean, what's what's wrong with your purpose in life right my, now? My life is fine right now. It's but you're looking for another challenge. Fine. fine. All right. I would love it to be exceptional. Here's your it's next. Never, to be honest with you, my life is not very challenging right now. It's not that hard. To do a podcast on a Friday night. All right. Do the FFPC, run some dynasty, get people pissed off about tanking, sell a few teams, whatever else I have to do that Alex wants me to do, which I love working with Alex. He's great. And, uh, and watch go, whatever. It's easy. All right. so easy. Here, it's easy. Here's the challenge. Any, any monkey retard could do it. All right. Here's the challenge I'm going to give you. <laughs> From 3 to 4 Central Time, Monday through Friday, we're taking the HSFF hour on local radio. It's going to be me and you. It's only going to be like 40 minutes of content because we're going to have commercial breaks, and that's what we're going to do. What are you talking about? We're going to do, we're going to do HSFFR on local radio. I guarantee they'd, they'd sell it for us. When? On the score. Three to four, Monday through Friday. That'll be your new life purpose, <laughs> to crush the local radio market, Dave. Uh, all right, let's talk about this at some other point. Okay, it's going to happen, everybody. And hopefully the ball bounces your way. Good luck in your league championships. <laughs>